welcome to the Madison Story Slam podcast. As always, I am your host, Adam Rosted. You can find us on Twitter and Instagram at Story Slam Madison, S-T-O-R-Y-S-L-A-M-A-D-I-S-O-N. And today I'm sitting down with Scott Resnick, who is a co-founder of Hardin Design and Development, a tech company here in the heart of Madison. Scott is also running for mayor of Madison uh, in 2015. So we talk about that. We talk about being a tech company in Madison and how Madison is really kind of set up to be a great tech capital and uh, talk about ideas for improving the city. And we kind of joke around a little bit about being athletic. We're coming at you live from the office of Hardin right on the lake. So we don't have to. I normally wear headphones because I'm in a loud bar or a Mm -hmm. restaurant, but we're in a quiet space. Yeah. Um, so you, you said your building does have cable, but you don't. Uh, I don't use. Is it in, is it included into your rent? Yeah, yeah. So I would, yeah. So you, if you don't watch it or watch it, it yeah. has the same impact of your rent check. Oh sure. Um, I would probably take advantage of it if I had it included in my rent. Yeah. But um, I just feel like I, there's so much content out there for free mm-hmm. that you don't need cable anymore. And most the most of the content is just trashy. At the end of the day, yeah. I mean, so my, my wife watches it a lot more than I do. Yeah, and I'm like, oh, so what are you watching? You're like, well, this new Home and Garden channel, and I'm like, this is gar- or Dance Moms, and I'm like, and you may have not seen an episode of Dance Moms, but the show title has given away everything, everything, <laughs> everything you, you need possibly to know. need to know about <laughs> something that's gone on for more than, like they're on like season four or five now, and I'm yeah. like. You know the premise of the show doesn't change. Yeah, it's uh, how do you how do you do more than honestly one episode of that show? It's mm-hmm. it's just although you know those trashy reality shows that you get drama out of anywhere, you pull it out of everyone's butts. Yeah, much. hey, I made a bet at a bar one time. Yeah, that the that the real world was mm-hmm. not on because I said to myself, there is no way <laughs> that the real world is on. And I lost that bet. I'm, I, like, I'm like, oh, you're on Real World 41 now. That that's is insane. Yeah. I mean, you know, when I was uh, um, probably 13 or 14, I was into the real world. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh, oh what a great every, show. Everybody is. Yeah. I, but I remember, uh, so I, I grew up, I, anybody who listens to this podcast knows that I grew up as a pastor's kid. Mm-hmm. And so we had limitations on what we could watch. But I can remember sneaking out to the TV room when everybody was out of the house and being able to watch the real world. It mm-hmm. was it was a big deal. Um, but, like, we had limitations. Um, I wasn't allowed to watch, uh, what's it called? Uh, Doug, the cartoon okay. Doug. Because for, you might turn into time. an emo kid. <laughs> no, because... Uh, um, At least, I mean, Doug has been correlated to show into hardcore drug usage. Yeah, so. yeah I, we weren't allowed to watch it because there was one episode. You know, everybody knows the, the character Quail Man that he mm-hmm. did, where his underpants Underwear, were yep. outside his pants. That wasn't a big deal to my mom. But there was one episode where Doug was home alone... And uh, they they did a scene that emulated the classic scene from cocktails. Um, Is that or no. risky business? Risky I think. business. Yeah, yeah. You, you remember the, the scene? Yeah, and, and he slides he's in, and he's, and he's just wearing a t-shirt mm-hmm. and underwear. Doug is, and my mom saw that, and she was like, "No." Nope, no more. Not watching that cartoon. Oh wow! And we, I like my whole life. I've always been like, "Mom, what?" <laughs> it's a cartoon. It's a Disney cartoon. But the the only one that my parents really pushed back on was Ren Stimpy. 
and to be fair like watching <laughs> episodes like now yeah. i see like i recently was like saw it and i was like wow this is a really disturbing disturbing cartoon it really is uh, probably not right for a five-year-old that and um Rocco's Modern Life. Mm-hmm. If you go back and watch Rocco's Modern Life, the innuendos and double entendres that are spread throughout every episode, you're like, I watched this as an eight-year-old. Like, how is this okay? It actually still makes it funny to yeah. watch the shows like that many years later. Absolutely. It's like, oh, you had quality writing. This yeah. is, you know, before South Park, before, you know, Adult Swim, you had Rocco's Modern Life. I Something that blew my mind uh, just, I was just thinking about it this past week, is that um, South Park is on its like 18th season mm-hmm. and like I remember when they that show first aired I, who would have thought that 18 19 years later that they're still going and they still are doing things risky yeah I mean, they're still making fun of the Washington Redskins <laughs> they're, they're still taking cracks at yeah and it's still relevant yeah you would think uh, you would think that with their four main characters, things would become less relevant and, mm-hmm. and it would be hard. But what's really cool is, you know, they, any TV show that has that kind of staying power, that, you know, you just bring in new writers who have new ideas and new whatever. Um, and so it just kind of keeps it fresh, uh, to use an industry term that sounds hokey and whatever, mm-hmm. but it does keep it kind of well, fresh. You think, you think of The Simpsons. Yeah. And The Simpsons, you now watch an episode, like every two or three years, I'll say like, oh, The Simpsons are on, maybe I'll watch a new episode. I'm like, oh, this is why I stopped watching this show. Yeah. South Park has been able to stay relevant. Yeah, but I mean, do you think The Simpsons will ever end? Uh, like, uh, outside, like, will it ever be canceled? I, I was thinking about this the other day. The only way I see it ending is, is Armageddon. <laughs> pretty much. I mean, if 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 a main cast member dies, like if Dan Casanella, who who voices Homer, yeah, exactly. Apu, and I don't think he does Apu. He does. You know, everybody does a lot of voices on the mm-hmm. show. But if he dies, you can't replace Homer Simpson. You can get somebody to sort of sound like him, but it, but it's not like you could write him off the show. Mm-hmm. So I, I think that's like the only way it'll end. And it's just it's just because they've made Fox so much money that that they're still on the air. Uh, you see the movie deal they have. Yeah. I mean, it wasn't a great movie. Either. Yeah. You know, I, I'm really more embarrassed. It, I've it, seen. Yeah. it was better than their show has been in the last 10 years, though. However, that's not saying no, that. No, much. It's, it's, it's not. like, oh, well, we gave it, you know, one out of 100. It's still got a 40 as one. Is it? Yeah, it just was not great. Yeah, so. and it's interesting to watch it, watch the new episodes now. I will occasionally, if I'm bored, watch one. And they're very much uh, obviously trying to uh, emulate the uh, Family Guy and, mm-hmm. and um, South Park. Like, it's mm-hmm. they do a lot of flashback things like Family Guy does. And it's just... You know, Simpsons were cutting edge at one point, and they're very much not now. Well, one of the most things I'm appreciative for cable is yeah. FXX. Yes, and uh, they're doing this. You know, they were doing the Simpsons marathon, and I have to say, like, when all of a sudden this is an episode with Sideshow Bob yeah. trying to kill Bart and take and take over Springfield, I was like, all right. There's still messages that are relevant today in a lot of these jokes. Yeah, I've seen this episode, you know, a dozen times. Yeah. Um, it, it becomes still a classic. Absolutely. Um, I, I I could watch probably I like ninety six through ninety eight. Mm-hmm. That those are prime Simpsons Golden years for years. me. Because Golden years. because I was still young enough that it was kind of like uh, not wrong, but my parents were like, eh, I don't know, and so I had to kind of sneak it. And 
so there's that part but then also just it was those were great years for the Simpsons and I really feel like after that we don't have to talk about Simpsons <laughs> so yeah, uh, but, you know, I will say I remember with my family we would sit you know and, and my dad was always working mm-hmm. uh, he was in the radio business yeah. which is as interesting as we do a podcast yeah. here uh, but he was in the radio business my mom uh, worked for the tech college in town mm-hmm. and you know really with my dad's hours there were very few times where we'd ever be able to sit down for sure. a meal sure. and we would sit down Sunday nights usually around six o'clock and then the Simpsons were on at seven o'clock right afterwards and yeah. we would have the Simpsons on and, and I have way too many probably way too many childhood memories sure but when you have working class parents it's, yeah you know, we I don't think we ever sat down as a family family and watched the Simpsons my dad would always say to people um, you know as I said my dad's a pastor uh, and he would say to people I think there's no better and he, I don't think he'd say no better but he said the Simpsons are a great it's a great family show because it, it's a good example for your family. Uh, he said he says the parents are together through thick and thin. They go through their trials. The father is working and providing for his family and loves his kid even in the hard times. And and like he would list all this stuff. And uh, you know some people in his church would be like, oh, "You're a little crazy." I, I, but I think this is made for a perfect UW lecture. Yeah, uh, right here. I I think uh, they should just do a whole uh, class like uh, um, a major, the Simpsons major. <laughs> well, I, I thought, you know, I, I think it was my, my freshman year where I did see that there was a South Park class really? at the UW campus. And I mean, I took a class called Scary Monsters. Okay. Uh, where we read stories about scary monsters all class. <laughs> and I thought it was going to be this joke class. And, and I, I did not do as well as I thought I was going to do. Interesting. I, my wife's cousin, uh, my wife's name is Ashley, and her cousin um, is going to UW right now and is in a TV class. Mm-hmm. I don't know what the specific name is, but the way he tells it, uh, they watch television shows. And that seems to be about it. It doesn't seem like there's much discussion about the shows. They just watch shows. Oh, we would have these in-depth conversations about, you know, what does Frankenstein say about the culture? Sure. That, you know, um, I, I, I'm, I'm trying to now think back many years. Yeah. But Christopher, Christopher Lovanos, if he's listening, mm-hmm. was the professor. Oh. I still re- If I still remember the name, the class must have... Uh, <laughs> it had an been, impact. Yeah, had enough impact. All right, so I don't do, uh, I don't do much of an intro. So uh, we've actually been recording for the last 10 minutes, obviously. Uh, so I'm sitting down here with Scott Resnick. Thanks for being here. Thank you. For um, Harden Design and Development. Are you a co-founder? That's right? the best way to describe okay. it. Okay. What so, would your title here be? Chief Operating Officer. So a fancy title. Uh, yeah. You know, for a you know, company still 22 folks. We, you know, we're, yeah. we're literally looking, we're looking out at the office right now. Yeah. Giant is, candy cane surrounded by computers. <laughs> this is our first uh, first episode where we're not in a bar or a restaurant, so it's a little quiet, which we're okay with. It's cool. Um, and then also, Scott, you're running for mayor of Madison in 2015. I guess the race is the race on technically right now. I, I would say the race is on. Yeah, you know we have uh, you know, what three weeks until the filing deadline. Yeah, but uh, yeah, the race is on. Yeah, and. Um, 
having done, uh, uh, I don't do too much research on my guests because I really want it to be kind of a fresh, uh, I actually compared it recently to a first date, a blind date almost, mm -hmm. uh, where you're really getting to know somebody uh, off the cuff. But I, did a, I do a little bit of research and it sounds like everybody in your life, because you're an alderman mm -hmm. uh, and have been for since 2011. Yeah, so... Four, I'm getting ready to four years now. Yeah, and it sounds like everybody in your life just kind of went, you'd make a great mayor. You should really consider running. Yeah, I had a lot of people tell me I should go do this. And, if you, and, and to just think back, like even five years ago. Sure. To think that I would be... Five years ago, are you just graduating UW? Uh, five years ago, yeah. Wow, yeah, so I'm 28 right now. Mm -hmm. so I've been 23, so that would have been a few years out of college. Yeah. Uh, do you think that I would be in the position sure. to be taking on Paul Soglin, the mayor of Madison? <laughs> uh, you know, for, you know, that not only I would be on the city council, but would have been voted into leadership of the city council, yeah. would have had a few successes under my belt and be at this place. It's yeah, a pretty cool experience. Uh, so, uh, I'm 27. Mm -hmm. uh, I... I'm not in your position whatsoever. But we I both enjoy The Simpsons. That's well, right. Or were you most used to? That's right. Um, so I, I wonder, um, looking at the successful people I know uh, who are older people in their 50s or 60s, um, they have all, pretty much always been successful. Uh, have, And for you, at an early age, to have this... Uh, Success. I mean, uh, I think anybody looking at your life would call it successful. Have you found, even in the little things growing up, uh, you know, if you played sports, academically, whatever, have you been successful? Have you has have people looked at you and thought that, that guy's got it? Yeah, I mean, as you look at my body type right now, um, <laughs> as a, as a, a five, Olympian, a five a five, uh, five eight Caucasian male, I, I think I'm weighing in at like 155. You can just tell that I would be that sports persona. <laughs> yeah, well, uh, I they I knew you you put in a good few years on the on the football team at UW. Oh, and yes. led them to many and, championships. And you know, it really it was Bielema who let me down as well <laughs> when he refused to uh, let me on the field. Yeah, I, we would have probably won a Rose Bowl. Yeah. But besides that, um, you know, no, I actually give a talk uh, regularly. Mm -hmm. um, of all of the mistakes we made as starting a company. Sure. Um, you know, so now, you know, the tech company has been around for seven years. Mm -hmm. We started the first company out of the dorm room. Yeah. So we were in Chadbourne Hall. Yeah, I uh, spent a lot of time in Chadbourne. Oh, yeah. Um, they now remodeled, and it's no really? longer... Yeah. Interesting. So, so it's not... Uh, it's a little bit different then. I, I haven't been there in there in years. I didn't go to UW. I didn't yeah. go to college at all. Um, if you would have responded like, yeah, I was there last week. It would have been I, a little strange. It would have been a little strange. I, I had a, a good close high school friend uh, go to UW and she was put in Chadbourne. And um, we would go there and hang out. Like a few of my guy friends, we all stayed. We didn't go to college. We just stayed in Madison. And um, we'd go hang out. So like, uh, you know, UW does the freshman the first couple days that all the freshmen are here it's like the freshman week or whatever so you've been shunned free food yes <laughs> that's where the story's going I can see it right uh, now. and so we would just go every year uh Probably for the first three years out of high school, we would go and pretend to be freshmen <laughs> and get free food and free goodie bags and whatever. And uh, I feel a little bad about it, but not too bad. But so I made a lot of good friends uh, with people who were at Chadbourne, and they used to do like shows there. In mm -hmm. the in the, I, I played a couple of shows because I'm a musician. I in there and you know the years are matching up, so I may have been there. You may have, yeah. Um, 
But no, so I mean, the first company though that we did, yeah, was out of Chadbourne. That's interesting. And we were trying to be Hulu. And this was so really. This was, this was before. Hulu didn't exist. Okay. ABC, NBC, Fox, none of them were doing real-time streaming. Okay. And we were one of the first ones in technology called Red 5 to be able to fast-forward through videos. Okay. And that actually becomes a really big deal. If you can't fast-forward, it's almost no reason to watch the video itself. Yeah. Uh, that company made almost no money. Sure. So we made about $50. <laughs> split eight ways oh man over the course of nine months wow so literally we did almost everything wrong yeah in that like i mean to the point where we were doing things illegal where we knew the uw was going to come after us okay like if we hit a certain bandwidth yeah and we were going to get caught everything else and <laughs> we didn't not making any money we didn't have any uh real users so we never sure. got caught well that's good but we we make plenty of mistakes here, you know, all the time. But it's, yeah. it's it's important to just learn from your mistakes, yeah, and then try not to make them again. Yeah, like showing up to do an interview with a dead iPad, which that, you record on. Uh, but you learn from. I it. did. I totally learned from it. Um, uh, that was a little awkward yesterday when I showed up and had, got to, it. had got to walk it. out of here with my tail between my legs. Hey, we got to hang out. That's right. Um, so, did you uh, starting Harden? Um, did you guys? Do you feel like you did stuff wrong in that? Like, do, if you could go back, you'd be like, change some of the, the way, or there's a do, there's a dozen things that we that we would change. I mean, I remember uh, actually a great employee of ours, uh, a guy named a guy named Seb, mm -hmm. one time is is on the phone with Mercedes, and they were oh. a huge client of ours. I mean, this yeah. is a big deal call that he's on, and he's biking around our old office. And there's a loop in the office where he's just biking, biking along, and they're like, how could this possibly go wrong? Yeah. You're only talking to you know, a Fortune 500 company here. Yeah. And sure enough, he crashes his bike. Oh, man. Um, you know, it's like one of those epic crashes where he hits a desk and that hits a bookshelf sure. and it sounds like there's an explosion in the background and they're all wondering like, oh, what are you doing? And sure enough, he's like, oh, I was biking around the office and I hit something. And, yeah. You know, we have all of these, you know, small stories that we go through. Yeah. But, you know, seven years later, it's been a good team around us and, and sure. we've been able to persevere. Do you find like... Um so like something like that with Mercedes, uh, tech companies and tech startups especially have kind of a, a reputation of, I don't want to um, call it like dismissive or um, arrogance. Ar well, not arrogance, but just flippance. Uh, just it's a loose environment. So, you know, they kind of have that reputation. You, you've got a game room. I don't think most uh, businesses outside of tech have like a video game room and with whatever. Um, I could be wrong we care about our employees yes so so my question is like you're on the phone with mercedes and or your your uh employee is and he crashes does mercedes mercedes go oh that's super unprofessional or do they go uh they're a tech company they're just they're having fun but they do good work is there a little bit of forgiveness there from other companies so what we find is senior executives at other companies sure. love it really um, I, I can't go into the particular client but like the c-level executive who makes you know the millions of dollars of, oh that's phenomenal that's the exact creativity we want yeah everybody who's underneath that c-level executive is freaking out the c-level executive is going to get mad at them oh sure uh, so yeah you, you do so it's not an age thing it would be more of a 
uh, fear for my job kind of thing. Yeah, you them. do. You do see that. I mean, the, the one other thing that it's important to say though is, you know, tech companies also get in trouble as they, you know, we see that in Uber right now. Yeah, um, going after journalists not exactly something that you want to do. Yeah, um, but you see and you think about it, and it's like, all right, well, here's a tech company who your CEO mm-hmm. uh, is a certain age. You know, you have. Uh, a, a culture of a certain age, and you know you have to have a certain mature, you know, maturing yeah. process. Yeah, I um, mean, all tech companies as they grow up have that. Uh, I look at we now have certain rules at our office that we didn't have when we started. Sure. Which when we started, we were like, "Hey, is this going to make it past a month?" <laughs> um, but we do now have here. Yeah. Um, so you brought up Uber, which is actually something I wanted to uh, talk to you about uh, because I know. Or at least I assume from from the slight bit of research that I did that it, for a while there it looked like you were really pushing to to work with Uber and getting the city of Madison to work with uh, the companies Lyft and Uber and, mm-hmm. and um, what's the technical word for those companies transportation network company there you go and uh, and then I and then I don't know what happened with Uber I don't know the the controversy that has just arisen in the last two three months but it seems like there's kind of there was kind of a pull back from you and and be like hey we need to really look more into this before we move it all well, the, you know there have been pieces on the regulation and, and i'm someone who likes you know to, you can do a diligent job but it doesn't have to take three years to sure. get there um you know what my belief is is you can legally regulate something yeah i'm uh, making sure the drivers have background checks that you know that they're regulated from the city they have a proper amount of insurance uh, that it's safe to operate and everybody's doing it equitably sure all right, transportation network companies can do it. Um, and I do fundamentally b- agree that we should try to bring them into Madison in, mm-hmm. in a fair way with the taxi cab company. But the reality is these are new companies. Yeah. You know, if you would have thought, you know, some of these issues with personally identifiable information or that you would be tracked and, and that could come back, it's not the end that these kind of companies didn't have the safeguards in place. Yeah. You know, those are those are new issues. So a lot of new tech issues continue to change, and they're only going to continue to change well after you know this year, next year. Yeah. Um, what that issue might look like five years from now could be totally different than today. Hmm. And I, to me, man, I th- I think of stuff like that, and I just think, you know, technology has opened a huge door. F- for opportunity as far as starting businesses and, and innovative ideas in business. But then it just seems like you're constantly running in to the problems that your own technology creates. And uh, I sometimes I just think, is it worth it? it it's a blessing and a curse. And, and there's a big difference between you know companies who are trying to innovate on a certain product sure. that they're trying to create and someone who's just trying to be disruptive. Yeah. You know, Uber and Lyft, in a lot of ways, are, are a disruptive technology. Uh, I think they've shown that it can be an efficient technology, which yeah. is an interesting side note to it. But uh, there, there's a lot that the tech field could be doing, mm-hmm. but there's a huge amount of risk. Sure. I think it's interesting. I, I've never looked at <clears throat> Uber and Lyft like that, that, um, that they're disruptive. But you're totally right. But I don't think they... Um, I don't think it's out of malice. I, th- I think it's... I, th- I feel like it comes from like, hey, why are we still doing things like this when there's a much better way to do it? And I feel like uh, to get to where they want to get and, and do what they want to do, you kind of have to come in and be like, 
we're doing this. Like, the old way is out, the new way is in. And, and, and you have to be, you know, you're correct. That is that is the mentality. And in some cases, that's good and bad. Sure. But, you know, you have to also look back to history. And not True. to say that I was around here, but we've had cab drivers who have been killed yeah. in Madison. Uh, you know, that's something that's fresh in, you know, a business owner who's been here for 40 years in the back of their mind or someone who's been driving a cab for that long. Yeah. And Uber and Lyft and a few others are saying, well, we don't care about that. We need to do something different. So, yeah, maybe times have changed, but it, you know, 25 years is a decent amount of time. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so, uh, looking on your website, uh, which I, is it just resnickformayor.com? Um And I was kind of reading about, uh, just about you, basically. I, I, I really like... Um, a lot of what you say on there, particularly when it comes to, uh, I, I think, I don't remember the way it's specifically phrased, but you, you talk about making Madison a city of the 21st century where it, it totally has the potential for that. Um, and I think, uh, especially because of Epic, the, the amount, and, and I've, I don't know if it was an article or maybe on your website where it's talking, you, you talk about um, the amount of people that Epic brings in, the, the, intelligent smart creative technology driven people they they bring them in and you know the way epic works and we kind of talked about this yesterday with with a lot of technology companies you just kind of turn people out you bring them in they use them and kind of they kind of leave or whatever but it seems a lot with epic that people come to madison work for epic and then don't leave madison they stay in madison so it, it gives madison this really unique opportunity to be like a tech mecca or, or a tech business mecca, particularly in the field of uh, like healthcare because of Epic. Oh yeah, I mean the two areas that we are in the technology sphere, and there's mm-hmm. many areas of technology, there's hardware, there's yeah. software. Really when it comes to soft tech mm-hmm. and when it comes to healthcare tech, we are probably positioned better than I would say we'd be in top three in the nation. Sure. San Diego's pretty well positioned. Boston's pretty well positioned. And then you have Madison in that same conversation. Yeah. And that's because of Epic. Hmm. Uh, I was just talking in, in, to a couple uh, business owners in Washington, D.C. And the big issue they said was, we need Epic programmers. Do you know where to find any? And I'm like, <laughs> yeah, there's a few around Madison, <laughs> either currently employed or looking for new you know looking for new jobs you know but it's important to remember how that's changing the city itself uh you see the high rises that are going up and you just can't miss the cranes yep you know but right now a room at one of those high rises or a one-two bedroom it's and it's you see eighteen hundred dollars as the price tag sure that gets pretty pricey yeah for someone who's at epic who's out of town four days out of the you know four days out of the week yeah so it is changing our city but it's trying to figure out one how can we do this all together Hmm. Um, how can we try to look towards diversity in hiring how can we look towards all the benefits that epic employees could be and really what you said to begin with how do we keep those folks here in the city sure how do we make sure they're going to madison schools how do we make sure that they're uh taking homes in our neighborhoods yeah and really being acclimated to say wow we're making madison our home hmm and uh, I think uh, maybe it's the cynic in me, uh, but I feel like uh, as a city employee, it would also a little bit be how do how do we make sure they're staying here and their tax dollars are coming to our city and, as opposed to a different city, which really just goes towards saying I want to make our city better with that money. Oh yeah, well you look at how uh, Middleton 
mm-hmm. is growing, how Fitchburg is growing, and yeah. some of the new homes. And the reality becomes, if you're trying to spend, you know, three hundred thousand on a first home or a quarter million on a first home, how does that money get spent here in Madison sure. versus a new development in Fitchburg? Yeah, and it becomes really difficult to make that purchase here in Madison. Yeah. So, I mean, that's been a struggle, uh, I think, for the city that we haven't even started Hmm. we haven't even we know it's a problem but we haven't really even tried to think about what the solutions are sure um but yeah we have a lot of services that we demand Mm -hmm. everything from things that we push for for equity or just basic snowplow removal and you know everything in between and to make that happen we need to grow our tax base yeah absolutely and it's interesting you know you you brought up middleton um and just their growth and you look at some prairie and the rate that they're growing um i i I don't know has does madison see growth like that or is it just kind of recycled um are people just you know some prairies experiencing growth and they're expanding it's not just people moving into existence Mm -hmm. but i don't know areas of madison that that are necessarily expanding as far as residential kind of stuff we do have certain projects on the west side Mm -hmm. we do have it on the far east side Mm -hmm. Um, but the reality is is our borders are pretty well yeah defined at this point uh you know so for us it's looking at what is the appropriate amount of density sure and and that becomes a, a whole nother issue to to be focused on, but it, you know it really is going to be if we're going to have a more sustainable community. Yeah. How do we get people into the city of Madison where they can have uh, where they don't have to worry about having a car? Sure. Where you could have a different lifestyle and save money um, and do things better for the environment if you just have the right amount of density. Yeah. And and that you can't get the same way in Fitchburg or Middleton or no. certainly not in, in Sun oh, Prairie. No, not at all. I grew up in Sun Prairie and my whole life it was like why why don't we have a bus system? I, I was going to make that joke sarcastically <laughs> that I'm sure you took the bus down here yeah. but we both know yeah, exactly. you like, didn't do that. We, it, it was just like uh, I, so I grew up in Sun Prairie and went to a private school in Madison and all of my friends were from Madison so until I was 16 and could drive I had to rely on my parents who were busy, so I, I didn't leave some prairie. You know, I, it was, I can see why you were watching The Simpsons and at home at night trying to that's watch right. an episode of Doug. That's that's right. Sneak it in. Um, so it, it's and I know there are city Ma- or places in the city of Madison that it uh, yes there are bus routes, but it it's a long trek to get anywhere. Like South Side of Madison. Oh, it's uh, which I know. Um, um, revitalizing that part of town is something that you're passionate about it sounds like mm-hmm. uh, from what I've read and I don't think there's a, a person in Madison who would not agree to say that is a part of the town of the city that needs revitalization that needs to some attention and love basically when you're talking about a bus system and, and you know by the way Metro does phenomenal work I mean, absolutely they, they usually rank within the top 10 programs in the country for a city of our size we get great ridership but the reality is if it takes you an hour and a half to get from one side of town to the other yeah. it's not an acceptable solution yeah. you know we're talking about bus rapid transit mm-hmm. which is a great idea and concept which is essentially saying almost like a train route let's have a bus be there I- instead you know, but the price tag to it sure. is well north of a hundred million dollars for the taxpayer. Yeah. So we're trying to figure out what are the little things that we can accomplish that make riding the bus easier. Mm-hmm. Making sure, I mean, for me personally, the big difference was not having to figure out when that bus, like 
the fear of missing a bus yeah i'm always scared of sure and now we have apps on the iphone and android yep. to say here's where your bus is going to be at what time yeah we've been pushing for more kiosk digital kiosks mm-hmm. to say here's when the next bus is going to arrive and it's figuring out how to make life easier riding the bus yeah i i worked for um badger bus here mm-hmm. in town uh which is they're contracted through metro to do paratransit and mm-hmm. that's and that's the side i worked on and so i drove um you know a short shuttle bus for disabled people mm-hmm. and um so I'm, I'm familiar with some of the issues uh, with transit in the city, uh, more so on the, uh, the, the paratransit mm-hmm. side. Um, it's, it's complicated because people, uh, citizens want to complain about certain things, um, but there's, there's only so much that can be done with the current system. There's, you know, there's only so much, and there's only so much room to get better. Mm-hmm. Um, no matter how you slice it, a bus system is still a bus system. Yeah, it would be way more convenient to have a car, but it's not practical all the time. And it's not, if you live downtown, you don't need a car mm-hmm. uh, if you work downtown. Um, but so I, I, I'm pretty passionate about like the, the um, paratransit side and, uh, you know, had a lot of clients that I really grew close to. I worked there for three years, and um, I, I I think our city's paratransit system is is awesome, is really phenomenal. I I really look at it. Um, I actually drove a client and her uh, son. The client was probably ninety five, and is uh, not. She's in a wheelchair, and she's just too old to drive. Mm-hmm. Um, and her son was in town from Florida, and. He, he just said, why, why do you do this? And, you know, at, at first I took the job because it was a job. And uh, eventually I just grew to love it because I really felt like, this might sound uh, condescending or whatever, but um, I think there are some disabled people, like people who were not born disabled, or maybe even sometimes them. There, there's a certain amount of life that's taken away from somebody who's mm-hmm. disabled. You or I want cookies and we're at home. We can either go walk to the store or drive to the store or, or take the normal bus to the store. We've got cookies that night. Mm-hmm. For somebody who's disabled and can't drive and can't walk long distances or whatever, they want cookies. They have to just not have cookies um, if, if we didn't have that paratransit system. So I really looked at paratransit as giving life to people who had a bit of it taken away. And I think that's so cool to be able to, you know, it's a federal regulation that you have to have paratransit if you have a transit system. But what it's, it's just so cool. To and, and, you know, I'll reiterate a couple different points there. I mean, the answer is yes. I and mean, we have a strong system. It could certainly be better. Yeah. We need to figure out funding models. Right now, Union Cab takes a brunt of a lot of the costs. And, yeah. and a lot of cab drivers are the ones that are you know, seeing, you know, seeing that side of it. Um, and so my wife, I, I don't know if, I don't know in your background research if you found anything about her. I didn't. Uh, so she's a therapist for okay. kids with autism. Oh, cool. So I have a few friends that work with the Wisconsin Autism Network. You may, may know my wife. I may. Uh, yeah, so uh, there's so many connections that were discovered. Yeah. Uh, the Chadbourne connection. That's and, right. And the autism connection. But yeah, so she, uh, you know, that's her day job. Yeah. It's very different than the, you know, the employment that has... 
uh, keg in the office, sure. or pool table when you walk in. <laughs> yeah. But uh, you know the service that she's providing is is critical. Yeah. And we have to think about both our caregivers and what our community looks like for mm-hmm. everybody. Yeah. Um, but particularly, you know, I was just recently talking about the conversation about how do you schedule paratransit the same day? Yeah. How you know instead of making that call and that request twenty four hours. Man, I don't know that there's a way. I, there's not a way without. We're a smart community. We can figure out this way. There's not a way without convincing the... So so Metro, you know, contracts mm-hmm. out to several different companies. Yeah. And then Metro has their own uh, uh, service that does the paratransit as well. There is not a way to do same-day scheduling unless you convince these companies to pay employees to potentially just sit there all day waiting for calls. Mm-hmm. Um, because uh, I don't think employees are going to get want to get paid per ride like I know through Badger I didn't get paid per ride if my shift started at 3 and ended at 11 at night my first ride is at 3 I might all of my rides for until 11 might be cancelled but as long as that 11 o'clock ride is still good I'm getting paid from 3 mm-hmm. to 11 which was great for me uh, it's sucky for the company yeah um, but I don't think anybody's going to want to um in the paratransit side, get paid per ride. Well, then, you know, then let's think outside the box. Yeah. I mean, let's try to think of, well, is there another model that might work? Hmm. Yeah. You know, I, I went to a listening session for a number of paratransportation, you know, r- you know riders. Sure. Uh, we had it over uh, on the library, or the one that's connected over to um, the Urban League. Okay. Yeah. And, and we were meeting there to discuss this as the, as a, as a, as an issue. And that became one of the biggest concerns. So you say, all right, let's try to think of something new that we might be able to introduce. Now, I'm not saying that I have all the yeah, answers, yeah. but I, I think that there could be room for improvement. And you know, I, I think that we look at things in Madison, and maybe this is just the local business owner talking, sure. maybe it's the millennial side <laughs> of, uh, of me showing here. Yeah. But to think, let's look outside the box to solve some hmm. of these issues. Yeah. And, and I don't. I think we're sometimes so rigid in you know our models yeah. to say, well, let's just try something new. Yeah. But you do make a good point. I still don't have a great answer to say. How do we accomplish this? It's, it, it'll be really difficult. I'd love to see it happen because again, it goes to the thing. It's like, hey, if I want cookies today, I go get cookies mm-hmm. today. If if somebody who's disabled wants cookies today, they've got to wait until twenty four hours from now. You know. And unless it's emergency services, yeah. it becomes incredibly difficult. I think I think the only, you know, just barely thinking about it, I think you could, you could, basically say to the public, we can do a certain amount a day, and it's just as available. Mm-hmm. But the problem I found working with uh, clients was, uh, you know, it's a shared ride service, so. It does, so for anybody listening who doesn't know how paratransit works, it's not there's not a main bus line system like the main bus line system. It's you there's not routes. You you pick up somebody on Midvale Boulevard and take them straight to their destination. Uh, but but between that, you might be picking up two other people on the way to that person's destination. And sometimes some of those people that you picked up before or after that first person, it might make sense to drop them off first. And people get really angry. Mm-hmm. Some people do. Some, uh, the majority of the people understand this is a shared ride system. The driver has to follow how, how their manifest says to drop us off. Uh, there is some leeway there. Um, but, but for the most part, 
sometimes if you're if you're if I'm picking you up on the east side and you're going to the west side and I pick up somebody downtown who's getting dropped off in Fitchburg, I'm going to go to Fitchburg first. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm not going to go out to McKee or on the far end of McKee Road um, and, and do that. Yeah, there are so many issues when it just comes back down to transportation. Yeah. And it really comes back of a way of life. I mean, you talk about, you know, when you're 16 years old, mm-hmm. getting that first car, and it doesn't really change because we do have individuals in the community who yeah. don't have regular access to vehicles, yeah. disabled or not. We have individuals in the city who have to look towards other modes of transportation, sure. whether it's bus uh, or, or bicycling or just wa- simply walking. Yeah. Um, and, and I think we sometimes get uh, too limited and sometimes forget about those individuals. Yeah. If you have a housing project and there's no bus access to that housing project, mm. how do we get someone who has reliable transportation to a job? Yeah. Um, if we just simply had our tra- a robust transportation network, how many more of our economic problems would we be able to solve? Yeah. It's interesting. I, I, and again, I go back to Southside of Madison. Uh, there's a lot of economic problems mm-hmm. in that in that area. Uh, I think of uh, Badger Road. Mm-hmm. Um, just just the amount of crime in the last three four months on Badger Road is out, is astounding. Um, and it just it's all economic. It's mm-hmm. it's just. It, I was actually thinking yesterday about how weird it is, like the stereotype of the south side of the city. You know, uh, it's just a stereotype. And Madison totally falls into that stereotype of, yeah, that's the bad, bad, mm-hmm. quote unquote, part of town, you know. You, you, you know, it's, it's, it has troubles, but it also has a lot of redeeming qualities. Absolutely. Too. The Boys and Girls Club right there. Mm-hmm. What a magnificent uh, facility they have and, and the work they do there. Yeah. I mean, one of the projects right now I'm working with uh, Reverend Alex Gion mm-hmm. over, you know, so he's over at Nehemiah. He's the one who wrote the piece, you yeah. know, uh, Justified Anger. Yeah. Uh, if you haven't read it, pick it up in the Cap Times, Google it. it. It's a really powerful piece. And I remember my first conversation with him, mm-hmm. and, and we're sitting there. Well, first we talked about Israel for about an hour but then once we got past that yeah we he said so what are the changes in the community that you would like to see sure and we started talking about the burnt out car wash yeah and when you talk about what kind of behaviors that were occurring in that car wash mm-hmm. I and mean, people were washing their cars and there were also there was prostitution yeah. drugs being exchanged he said this is what you see when you drive into my neighborhood that turned from park street in you have the burger king a liquor store and the car wash and then yeah. his church so right now we've put together a campaign that will be kicking off uh, pretty soon here, uh, trying to get a soccer field there. Yeah, and I said, so why why soccer? And he he explained it to me. All you need is a ball and a net, and yeah. it's a universal thing. And you, other sports are much much more costly to play. But he said soccer, everybody can really get behind. Yeah. So we're trying to beautify the neighborhood in that way. Well, and also a soccer field is is kind of an all purpose field. You know, you can play anything on a soccer field. Um, and you could play football if you wanted to. Yeah. Uh, I don't think anybody's drafting me, though. <laughs> well, how again, you know, Brett is after, still... After your injury... A, after uh, the ACL yeah, tear, yeah. Um, you know, that kept me from my dreams of the NFL. Yeah. Well, you know, we, we can't all be champions. No. That's okay. Uh, so, I'm very active on Reddit. Are mm-hmm. you on Reddit at all? I periodically show up there. Sure. Or I, you know, I'll be on the... We have more employees as, as we see a Nerf fight going on. <laughs> Um, behind us here uh, we have a lot of employees who are on reddit yeah um, I'll, I'll poke my head in sure um, so the the our 
slash Madison, Wisconsin Reddit is is main mainly where I'm at. Yeah. Uh, one thing I love about Madison is that people are uh, want to engage. They want to talk. They want to be a part of the conversation. Um, so I, anytime I've had a guest coming up, I'll post in in that and say, "Hey, I'm interviewing this person or having this person on. Are there any questions?" Um, so we got a few for you today. Okay. Um, actually, the the first person uh, just told me, "Oh, you know what? I'm not. Uh, I'm not." Here we go. The the first person who commented, mm-hmm. who, <laughs> whose username is Donkey Puncher. Okay. <laughs> uh, just wanted to let you know that you are the man. All right. So thank you, Donkey Puncher. Uh, but to some more serious questions, uh, and I'm interested in this as well. Uh, I mean, come on, user. I mean, come on. Wanted to know what your thoughts are on the issue of music venues on the east side. Wow. So I mean, that's a difficult issue. Yeah. And really, as you look at how what one new venue does to another one. So when you think about the Barrymore. Yeah. And the successes that the Barrymore has been able to have, what uh, two additional potential venues could hap- have on that? Sure. Um, so let's take the music question, and then we'll talk about the neighborhood yes. piece to that first. I mean, on the music question, I'm excited. I yeah. mean, my wife and I actually met in band. My dad, okay. as I said. What do you play? As a trombone baritone player, I was right. awful in okay. the band. I was like the only guy in the band who was like in a marching band. They're like, oh, we need you in the pit because you cannot march. You have no rhythm. Yeah. Um, and plus, you can't play football and be in exactly. The band. So I had this this you know delicate position as a defensive lineman and also a member of the band, uh, shortest, skinniest defensive lineman. Yeah. It made me in nimble. the history of ever. I probably fit in closer to the band than yeah. Uh, yeah. that crowd. But my wife and I met there. Sure. Uh, my dad is a professor. You know, he he's a musician. Uh, in the radio business and in the radio business and anytime you know, so music is definitely a part of my life yeah and I'm excited about a lot of the shows that are now coming to Madison I'm excited about what the scene is well let's going. first say Madison has always had good shows coming mm-hmm. to it uh, but with the introduction of again technology but then also a lot of bars are just really uh, like embracing just being a venue as well oh yeah getting great acts to, to come to Madison. And then also uh, the band Fox, who's from Baraboo, just how how proud could you be and to have Fox from a, here? Oh, yeah. And if I could... Pony uh, Vare from the Wisconsin yeah, yeah. area, you know. Yeah. As they explode. Mm-hmm. Um, we, my wife and I were trying to figure out a song. It was Twizzed... Twizzed? A dark twizzed... Uh, it was we, something. We, we Yeah, we, we were trying to figure out what, what song we were playing. Yeah. But... You know, when it comes to you know that side of the music, I, I'm excited yeah. for the space. But what it does mean is we need to make sure that artists have a quality of life, that sure. there's decent practice space, mm-hmm. that we're getting away from the concept of, hey, there's a live show. Oh, it's five dollars. That's too expensive. We yeah. can get it because you have to also make a a life. You know, yeah. you know, musicians need to make a, survive. A, a survive in a living wage. So, um, you know, so just I'm for being, everybody out there, five dollars is not too expensive for a live no, show. That is a bargain. Even if it's it ends up not being good music, it's the experience of going out and and just being a part of a community. Oh yeah, uh, I think it's awesome. My wife and I, when we were last in Seattle, I mean, that's the first thing we figured yep. out. And no matter what bar that we were going to be at that night, we wanted live music. Yeah. And didn't really matter 
some of the shows were you know, one of the shows was really questionable but the rest <laughs> of them you know we had a great time yeah um but when it comes to large venues and potentially two coming to the near east side sure you know that also has consequences in the market mm-hmm. and i think you know while i do appreciate you know the franks i'm excited by a lot of the concepts and projects and want to see where we can go with it yeah recognizing what the community can handle because the worst thing that could possibly happen is having you know three or four of these venues open and not be able to survive sure not be able to support it yeah um it would be it would be great if we could do that like have those two and just guarantee that hey this is going to work Oh, yeah. You know. I wish in any business investment you're able to say, like, (laughs) this will magically be your equation. But as I've learned, you can do everything right, just like my first company, (laughs) uh, which we made no mistakes in. But, you know... We not that fifty dollars wasn't a success story to sure. write home to your parents, but like they were very concerned sure. about like, am I gonna am I ever gonna get a real job? Yeah, um, I'm pretty sure there's a few mus- musicians who have that same conversation. Yeah, out there I uh, family. I, I am a musician, as I said. Um, I have kind of just kind of stopped caring about music. I, I'll write a song every now and then, still. But even when I went out and played shows and and. I recorded a few things, never like a full album. I never had a huge drive to like, I would say, yeah, I'd love to be a musician as a career, but I didn't, I never pushed for it. I just, it's, it's just seemed too daunting. It's like Mm -hmm. everybody's doing it. Like, so who wants to hear my sad, sappy songs? (laughs) Yeah. But it does create the ambiance of a location too. It's again, there's a music appreciation yeah. more than anything else. And I think as a community, if we're going to go down that direction and embrace it, yeah. it means we also have to pay for it too. That's true. I think that's going to take our cult- a little bit of the Madison culture yeah. that well, I'm used to. I, so I got out of music. I mean, I like I said, I still play every now and then, but um, I really, really embraced the storytelling scene. It's why I'm doing this. It's why I do the story slams. Um I just think it's it's really cool. I'd, I'd love to do story slams in bigger venues. Um, right now, we have one that we do at Johnson Public House mm-hmm. uh, every month. Um, I would love them love to do them all over the city, kind of in different coffee houses. Or my dream, like huge dream, would be to do it at the Orpheum someday. Uh, but that's way far away. Selling out the tickets and is, that, is everybody <laughs> well? Because I just mean. The, I'm doing. I've, we've been doing them at Johnson Public House for the last three years, and there's only a certain amount of people who are going to come to Johnson Public House. Mm-hmm. If I did them, did one at the Majestic, there's a whole different kind of crowd that would come to the Majestic, and you'd, you'd hear different kind of stories, you'd hear whatever, and then just the West Side, and I'd love to be all over and doing it. Yeah. Hey, do you know of Hundred State? No. Yeah, so 100 State is a co-working community okay. uh, here in Madison. They put on events. Let's do one over there. Yeah, absolutely. Yes. All right. I will, after this, we'll, we'll, set, exchange. we'll set the emails <laughs> yes. up. Um, one of the things about being like a public official is now yeah. everybody has my email address. Oh, sure. Address. Yeah. And the Reddit community can find me at SJ Resnick. Yeah. Um, however, on Reddit. On Reddit. Okay. I think the last time, though, I posted on Reddit was when my bike was stolen. Oh. How long ago was that? It was the summer. It was actually really sad. I actually think I remember that... that uh, <laughs> Because there's not too many of those kinds of posts. No, and someone else did it. And I'm like, hey, this is the bike thief. I posted a, a photo. Uh, 
the Reddit community and the Madison Police Department unfortunately did not come through. Um, <laughs> I wish they would have stolen my wallet and not my bike. Yeah. I, I'm still missing that. But if anybody sees a Fuji 2.0 newest. I totally know what that means. Yeah. <laughs> it's red. If red anybody bike, sees a red bike. Call the police immediately. <laughs> it could potentially be mine or someone else who has a Or you're just going to give somebody a really bad day. Yeah. If I, you see the red bike, tackle them. <laughs> yes, let's let's have that. Yeah, no, you I, heard it first. Endorsed by uh, mayoral candidate, candidate Scott. Tackle Resnick. anybody that has a red bike. But you should run on that platform. I think that actually might be my new plank. That's perfect. Yeah, but but the re, you know the reality is you know that's what new communities are like. Yeah, and you know, I know when I posted that there's you know quite a few folks over then. All right, on the lookout. Yeah, for I, man, I just I think. A community in general, no matter where it comes from, if you're religious, church, whatever, um, if you go to a coffee house a lot and you have your community there, or online, Reddit, man, I just think it's such a cool thing to have community. Um, it's important. It's it, it humanizes you, no matter what. Like you could be the angriest person in the world, but if you're a part of a community, you're you're human and you're you're doing something. You know, if you want to see something cool, my friend Bob, and I don't know if he ended up posting it on Reddit. Hmm. Uh, he's over at Sector Sixty Seven. Okay. He ended up actually making this little stand with a little light light and mailbox. Thing. Sure. So every time there's a new Reddit post, oh it nice, actually lights up. Nice. That's yeah. really cool. I, I have no idea if he posted it or yeah, I don't know. I know. haven't I haven't, uh, I haven't seen it, but. Um, yeah. Okay, next question. Next question. Next question from Reddit. Um, actually, it's from the same person. Okay. And I thought this was interesting only because... From our friend Donkey? No, no, no. Oh. Uh, the, the user, I mean, underscore, come on. Mm-hmm. Uh, he, he says here, or she, they, uh, they would like to know your thoughts on Madison supporting the closure of railroad crossings. Examples would be Brearley and Livingston in the Willie Street slash East Washington Corridor. The frustration that those trains give so many <laughs> residents. Not just residents. As somebody who <laughs> used to drive a bus for a living, if you didn't beat those trains, your life was hell. Oh, yeah. Uh, it, it becomes frustrating. The reality yeah. is uh, we don't have a great relationship in politics with the railroad commissioner. Sure. Um, you look at someone who was appointed by the Walker administration, and we don't have to go much further into what the <laughs> politics are. Yeah. Um, but the reality is uh, in the last four years, we've never really had anybody who has won the fighter yeah. or the communicator to be able to say, Hey, we're residents here, and this is you know these are needs that we have. Yeah. Um, on some of the railroad closures, I mean, you know, the goal is when it's a deactivated track that you can pick up the spikes and be able to open up the, the roadways. On others, sure. it's making sure the quiet times are uh, you know adhered to. Mm-hmm. But even when a train goes through the isthmus and it locks it down for thirty minutes, yeah. You know, we we now sit there and time the train when it when it comes through because there's state regulations that they can't you know go across, and we've seen uh, the railroad commissioner not seem take a deaf ear. Yeah, a deaf ear is probably the best way to describe that. Yeah, on the actual noise and congestion issues that trains do cause. Yeah, I just um, man getting stuck on John Nolan. Oh, it's horrible. 
you, uh, yeah, it's pretty. But I mean, uh, part of me sympathizes. Sympathize, sympathizes. Sympathizes. That suddenly sounds like a weird word to me. And I swear <laughs> I'm not high. <laughs> it is a word. It is. I, I part of me sympathizes with uh, the railroad because, like, well, where else are they going to go? Like, they've got to go through there. Um, I, I, th- I say that because I there is probably a large contingent of people who are not going to be happy no matter what, as long as there's a train coming through Madison. Yeah, well, there's the reality that, you know, it, it, you say, you know, the railroad, and it's economics. It's yeah. economics for the railroad, but it's also economics for the city. Yeah. I, I remember, I believe it was during concerts on the square, when the train was trying to come through, and as I'm waiting for someone there, I'm like, wow, they're an hour and a half late, and it was because the train hit. Yeah. Not necessarily because they had to wait for the train for 10 15 minutes sure but just the congestion the rest of that cause yeah so there's economics in any equation and someone's going you know someone might win someone might lose hmm. that's true how do you decide who wins and who loses like i mean uh, you know it, it's it has to be fair yeah and unfortunately the decisions that are being made with the train i have have more to do with politics than anybody looking for fairness yeah uh, there's somebody here that's asking about the budget, but I don't want to talk about the budget because I hate numbers. Yeah. <laughs> if you, you know want to talk about this? the budget, I the will city go budget. back on after this and I'll go respond to that person. You know, there. I do know. Uh, so uh, the Madison, Wisconsin Reddit has been wanting to do local AMAs. Yeah. They, uh, they wanted to get a hold of you to do an AMA. Uh, and I have told the moderators of the subreddit that uh, I actually did interview with somebody else they were trying to get a hold mm-hmm. of and let them know so i'll let you know I'm as available. well um although i won't be as exciting as barack i, I just don't, <laughs> i don't see it so uh well so this person just said they wanted to know uh where there is some fat to trim in the budget mm-hmm. um and how it can be scaled back that one if I'll you want to touch on it right now you can that one i'll go hit back personally. sure so if you want to hear scott's answer about that go to go to reddit uh and um and then get up kid nine two three. Aren't these usernames so clever? I love it. Uh, asked something that I'm interested in. Uh, they said I want to know about Scott's plan uh, slash goals for renewable energy development and sustainability in the city of Madison. Oh, that's a great question. Yeah, you know, a, a thing that is very important to a lot of Madisonians. Well, I mean, the first thing to touch on is uh, on renewable energy is the MG&E rate case. Yeah, and I don't know if those are familiar with it but read up on it and essentially it is you know rate hikes but really now will devalue um our our demand for renewable energy and some of the economic benefits for implementing solar panels and other uh, forms of more renewable energy Mm -hmm. you know when it talks about a sustainable city a green city uh, a city that i want to live in and the city that we need to have if the future of madison is going to survive a hundred years from now yeah it's talking about sustainable resources and 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 energy uh when you look at just the lake itself Mm -hmm. and here's Let's look at the low-hanging fruit. I mean, when you look at stormwater management, and some people don't want to geek out on those kind of <laughs> topics. <laughs> I um, think it's kind of hard. Yeah, but you you definitely notice it in August. Yeah. If you have a phosphorus bloom. Sure. And our lakes aren't clean. Yeah. But do we even know all the stormwater management points hmm. into our lakes? I'm really excited that the UW uh, was able to take on stormwater management as a major issue and put in a new $1.2 million project yeah. just making sure that our lakes are clean yeah. and making sure that our trash doesn't get into our lakes. Hmm. Um, 
so on it, whether it's renewable energy, whether it's making sure that we're thinking about a future where we might have electric charging stations mm-hmm. in all of our city ramps, when we start thinking about what the new what new automobiles may require, let's be a pioneer instead of the last ones to adopt some of this new technology. Yeah. Well, you know, I think Madison already does a pretty good job. Um, I see uh, electric tra- charging stations all over the city, mm-hmm. all the time. Uh, so my question for you, where do you see Madison falling behind uh, in regards to renewable energy and, and sustainability? Like, what areas could we be better in? Oh, definitely the lakes. But we've, you know, we've put a number of goals out there when it comes to our trash and recycling. Sure. Uh, that we want zero waste. And I look back on whether we're actually accomplishing those goals. And we have this amazing thing that we do in City Hall. We write plans and then we study those plans. And sometimes we hire consultants Let's talk about an area where we can trim some of that budget. We hire these consultants to come up with these beautiful plans, and then we don't take action on the plans. Sure. And we don't hold ourselves accountable. Interesting. So whether it's making sure that we're the most sustainable city, yes, we've come up with, I don't know if it was 100 plus recommendations, but in that magnitude. Mm -hmm. And when you're only implementing one or two a year, are you really doing enough? Yeah. It's interesting that you bring up... um uh, coming up with plans and then not following through. Uh, one, my first guest was Tom Farley, who is Chris Farley's brother, mm-hmm. um, and had put, I think, put in a bid to become, he, he tried to run for something. I want to say Alder. Alder, yep. Um, he kind of talked about that uh, a little bit, um, how a lot of city government and just government in general is kind of just talking and, and coming up with stuff and then not doing it. Um, and we talked about how there was a study that I remember reading when I was in high school that um, for the individual, it's this, and I wonder if it translates to a a governing body, Uh, but for an individual, if they just talk about something they're planning to do, it gives them enough personal satisfaction that they never actually do it or try Mm -hmm. it. So like with with my podcast, I didn't tell anybody that I was going to start doing this. I just went and bought the equipment and did it. But I would imagine if I had started saying to people, yeah, you know, I think I'm going to do a podcast and, and they'd be like, oh, that's really cool. That satisfaction may have been enough for me to go, oh yeah, I never want to do that. Or, or I'm just not going to do it mm-hmm. now. Uh, so I wonder in a governing body, do you think it's kind of the same thing where like you come up with plans and and you kind of all pat each other on the back or, the, or maybe even uh, uh, citizens pat you on the back and go, oh, that's a really good plan. And then it just doesn't happen. Oh. Or is it red tape issues? It, you know, red tape, does occur yeah so don't i wouldn't ignore that but you hit it right on the head sure and we talked about the race to equity okay and the race to equity report that we're talking about and and i had a previous mayor who encouraged me to go back and say you know when she was mayor you probably guessed the mayor then (laughs) uh you know take a look at the plans that we were coming up with and look at all the recommendations when we when we came back after meeting almost a year and a half of planning how many recommendations tell me how many you know came out and well, she had 20 or 30 recommendations from it. Mm-hmm. And when you see, you know, four or five actually being implemented, yeah. do you question why we have problems still today? Yeah. Uh, you know, one of the things, and this, people have said that I've started to appreciate the process more, which means I slow down a little bit more. Sure. But I'm trying to provide internet access in the city of Madison, something I'm really passionate about. Yeah. 
I was told, you know what, let's just continue to study internet access. Hmm. You know, let's see, you know, maybe there'll be... Why? Maybe Wi-Fi isn't the best option. You know, we, and we talked all about this. Um, I said, no, let's put money to it and do some test sites. Yeah. Let's push it ahead. And right now we're going to have four uh, neighborhoods, awesome. uh, socio-disadvantaged neighborhoods, um, wired up. Nice. Uh, well, not wired up. Yeah, but no, I, get, yeah, I got what you mean. But, but with LTE technology. Yeah. And sometimes it says instead of just talking about it, let's just go do it. Yeah. And, and I'll say there's a lot of folks in City Hall that have an issue with that with me personally. Sure. But it's a different style. Well, but, uh, you know, there's something to be said for both of those styles. Um, there's something to be said for being cautious and talking about things and making sure you've got all your P's and Q's in order. Um, I am not that guy at all. I would much. What are we? <laughs> all of a sudden, everybody just discovered we're doing a podcast in the office, and we just had a dozen looks over. Oh, good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, I am definitely more the style of, hey, let's just try something, and maybe that's going to work. And if not, at least we tried something. We did something. We're we're showing that we have a commitment mm-hmm. to change and to betterment, and and doing well, something but in politics people are too scared to fail yeah and, Be- and, because and, and to be fair there's a reason why this is taxpayer money very often they might get kicked out of office exactly do you think it's the the fear of taxpayer money being wasted or is it the fear of that that brings if it's taxpayer money being wasted it's i'm not reelected. And, and there is that serious fear yeah you bring in someone else's you know legacy into something and something that they care about but most politicians the biggest thing they care about is getting reelected. sure rather than let's take action yeah and, and i think that's a mentality and a style difference in city hall hmm. uh, that you're starting to see with other leaders coming up and that's why i'm excited to serve yeah that's really cool um I feel like we we've we put in an hour of talking about uh, uh, city city issues, city issues, and the Simpsons. That's right, and the Simpsons, and Doug. <laughs> Doug is the important issue, really. I'd like to touch most a little of more my, on Doug. Most of my campaign is this fasci- fascination with Patty Mayonnaise. Pa- Patty Mayonnaise. Do, do you and watch Skeeter. Orange? Is, do you watch Orange Is the New Black? Of course. You know the yoga lady. Mm-hmm. That's Patty, Patty Mayonnaise. Mayonnaise. I when I realized that, boom, my <laughs> mind when I discovered what is that voice. Yeah, that's Patty Mayonnaise. Yeah, my wife and I were—I still haven't gotten over that. Yeah, this—the um, so the scene. Uh, this this is not about Patty Mayonnaise or that actress, but it's still about Orange Is the New Black. Uh, when uh, is this going to be appropriate for a podcast? It is okay. It, uh, yes, there are a lot of parts well, of that show. Well, we actually do have an explicit rating on awesome. uh, iTunes, so we can say shit if we want. We can say anything we want. Okay. Um, uh, when Piper gets transferred and mm-hmm. she's on the plane and mm-hmm. she's next to uh, the the woman with the shaved head mm-hmm. who is putting earwax on her lips for uh, like uh, chapstick or whatever mm-hmm. I don't know. Do you know who that woman was? Do you, do you know? Do you remember? The I know. I know I'm the scene. About? Yeah. Do you know who that is? No. That's the trainer from Free Willy. <laughs> yeah. Talk about being the only put through the rig she's received. Yeah. I mean, she looks horrible in Orange is the New, is the New Black. Was it was great in it, but mm-hmm. just when my wife and I realized who that was, we were like, "Oh my gosh, what happened to you?" I used to have a huge crush on that on that woman. I just there was something about her, man. You know, you look at the actress and and why am I I'm blanking on the name? Um, the the person the southern person no teeth 
Uh, oh yeah, the one who uh, you know, I don't want to. She was an eight mile. Yeah, but if you see or a not picture, eight mile, she was in. Yeah, if you see any picture of her on IMDb, you'd be like, oh wow, she has all her teeth in real life. Yeah, yeah, it's a little bit different, but no, that's a. It's a great show. I'm. It's been fun to just watch like that House of Cards. Oh man, all the content. I would imagine as somebody who is politically driven, driven as you are, House of Cards must just be. It must put it on a, another level. I think for everybody, it's a great show. But if you're in politics, it it puts it on a different you know, the, level. I, you know, I go back and forth whether I love the show or hate the show. Sure. Um, one, there's a lot less killing on the Madison City Council <laughs> than uh, on House how of mu- Cards. How much less? Uh, a subs- surprisingly, a substantial amount less. Yeah. Um, you know, most politicians do care. There's not that kind of scheming. It's not all that orchestrated. And there's certain yeah. points where it's like, wow, Kevin Spacey, you never would have been able to make it that far because there are structures to it say, sure. yeah, this just doesn't happen. It can't happen. But it, it, it's, if you take it for the fiction that it's worth, mm-hmm. it's a fun show to watch. Absolutely. Um, do you think the general public thinks of most politicians in that way, in that regard? You know, I don't know. You know, I, I go back and forth. If most poli- if most people, the general public, just like hung out with most politicians, sure, would they be completely disgusted, or would they be really, you know, so maybe I say like, really, thank you for your service. Yeah. And there's easily a, a good chunk of our body where if they sat through all the meetings and saw, you know, the kind of service that people gave, sure. a lot of people would just probably be thanking someone for stepping up to it. Yeah. Um, it takes away a lot of your lifestyle. Hmm. Uh, you know, my wife and I, I would love, I, I go back to a number of stories where I had to be back for a vote right after my honeymoon. Oh, sure. And it was... When up- did you get married? Uh, August 2nd. Okay. Last year. Nice. So, I remember the date. There you go. <laughs> I need to continue to remember that date. But but I remember as we're talking about when we're in, and we're getting ready to go for our honeymoon, mm-hmm. you know, it was sur- you know, sh- surrounded by a controversial project on Monroe Street. Sure. And it's a bit of a sacrifice. Yeah. So, no matter what, that's the that's the piece I don't think everybody sees, the ones who are doing it right. Now, I will tell you, there's a a handful of folks in politics that are doing it wrong. Sure. I don't share those names, but it's those where it's like, all right, you're you're a little f- too focused on your reelection and not what you could be doing with a seat. <laughs> yeah, um, I think it's unfortunate that uh, the general populace uh, sees the negative and just has that stick in their head. Um, mm. I, I find uh, I said this on the last podcast uh, in a totally different. Um, context, but I think most people can't f- see beyond themselves. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, any way that they're wronged or perceive that they've been wronged, that's the scope they look through mm-hmm. uh, and and don't see the positive and don't don't care to see the positive. And, and you see that both from the general public and sometimes the politicians. Sure, um, I've seen people. You know, I I when I entered office, I had a very different perspective hmm. to this. And I just said, I want to make sure that every, I treat everybody with respect Yeah, that no matter how I voted, we go grab a beer afterwards. Yeah. And sure enough, like I'm seeing people who've encouraged me to run for mayor of people that I vote against all the time. <laughs> I, I actually just started figuring out like David Aarons, who was one of the first people to come out to support me. And mm-hmm. he said, Oh, why? Are, I was actually surprised to see him. He's like, we never vote together. Yeah, but he's like, well, you always treat me with respect. Interesting. Um, and, and that's we we lose that these these days in politics. Yeah, 
I'm probably one of the re- I wouldn't be running if the current mayor treated everybody with respect. Sure. And that's just how the the system is played and I think we could do better. Yeah. But that means constituents too. Um that means everybody in the system. Sure. Easier said than done. True. Uh so apparently I'm not done talking about politics. <laughs> uh uh Tread lightly, as lightly as you want. Mm-hmm. Uh, how do you feel about your uh, competition? Yeah. I, I I know you know Paul is uh, Paul Soglin is running for re-election, obviously, mm-hmm. and then it's it, Bridget. Uh, can't think of her name, isn't it? Maniachi. All right, and then is there one other guy? There's a few others that have thrown their name in. I mean, the reality is what my wife says about this. Okay. And, I, and, and she said, look, if you're not the best candidate for mayor, you're not going to win. So why care about what anybody else is doing? It's interesting. Um, you know, I, I have served, I, I now have met every candidate um, who's in office. I had lunch with, you know, Chris, who's running. I've chatted with Richard. I served with Bridget. Yeah. And I was in leadership when I was in leadership of the council for a year, working every day with Mayor Paul Sockland. Yeah. So I know a lot about everybody in the race. Sure. And I'll say their heart is in the right place. Mm-hmm. There's a very different style of politics with every single person there. Sure. And Madison gets to decide who the best person is. That's true. Uh, I, I like I like the way your wife puts that. If you're not the best uh, candidate for mayor, you won't be mayor. Yeah, interesting. It's it's a good uh, it's a good perspective to have and and keep yourself grounded. Uh, it is, and we'll see like the day after whether she's right or not. Because then you know, be like, well, why did everybody encourage me to do this if I wasn't the best? You know, did you ever? Did you, have you had people say maybe you shouldn't do this? Yeah, yeah. I, I I've had. Uh, a, a few others who have said, you know, this isn't your time. Let Paul be Paul. Sure. I mean, that's usually the the response. Yeah. Um, that or also, you know, even in this building, I once had a conversation said, why are you crazy enough to give up everything you have here? Yeah. I, I was going to ask about that. If, if you're elected mayor, are you done here? I'm done here. Do you have to be done here? I don't know enough. It's, to, a, it's a full-time position. Yeah. And I can't be the best mayor that I can be. And also if, be here. And also uh, be at the company. But, you know, the reality is... You know, I have options. Yeah. And I'm still jumping in, even though I know a lot of people would love to trade places with me and sure. be the COO of a tech com- a growing tech company and yeah. and and everything else. But I'm I'm in it for I truly believe I'm the best person to represent Madison. Yeah. And that we'll be able to accomplish more if I'm in the office of mayor than if I were sitting here every single day. Well, it sounds like you got a good head on your shoulders. So you've got that going for you. I have one thing going for me. <laughs> you know, after the in- injury, you had two things going for you. You know, now that my NFL career yeah. did not carry me through, no. I still though am spiteful for Brett Bielema. And, and really, <laughs> every time that I see Arkansas get a win, I'm like, you're, ra- you're ranked now. Yeah. Gary Anderson, eh, I, not, not a huge fan either. <laughs> not, not a loss. But... I still wish yeah, he could have put up you know, our offense would have had some sure, but, sure. Yeah. all joking aside we're going to talk about stories uh, we're coming up on uh, about an hour and 15 minutes so far we usually go for about an hour and a half sometimes mm-hmm. a little over uh, so we're going to start talking about stories mm-hmm. do you have any uh, any good stories you thought 
that you might want to <laughs> might want to tell? Oh, we are under yeah photography. I mean, I feel like my life is a, is is a story, and all lives are. Sure, and it's why this is a, a whole lot of fun. Yeah. Um. What you know? Why don't you ask me? Uh, I guess you've been asking me questions. So, so um, our next story slam, uh, which for anybody listening is December. No, sorry, uh, it would have been December twenty sixth. We usually do them the last Friday of every month at JPH. Mm-hmm. That's the day after Christmas, so we decided to push it back a week. Um, so it's our next story slam is January second. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we'll do we'll actually do two in January, January Friday, January second, and then also the last Friday in January. Mm-hmm. It, it, it works out that I think January has five Fridays, so it kind of yeah. it it balances out. Mm-hmm. Um, our theme uh, for that story slam will be scars. So do you have any good scarred stories? Oh, none that my wife wants me to share. <laughs> uh, that's the that's the first place that I go. Um, Injury wise, I you know all joking aside, I mean I, I've been lived a pretty healthy uh, life. I mean the I, I remember in middle schools so we go back to Doug and in gym class. Yeah, I, I felt something tweak in my foot, mm. uh, and I still remember to the day as I'm like telling the gym teacher, our PE teacher, like I really don't think I can run or do anything. And sure. I said no, continue playing soccer or whatever. And I'm like limping to the principal's <laughs> office to see the nurse, and I'm like. I seriously was damaged. Like, oh, I tore a muscle there. Yeah. Um, so not too many, too many scar stories. Um, I do plan a summer softball team with All a right. bunch of Madison firefighters. Oh, nice. Uh, which has been a lot of fun. Yeah. Um, we've had a lot of times where we get close to the playoffs. We'll make it to the first round and then lose. <laughs> um, I remember in our flag football team, this has been something that's plugging me i've always wanted to win a sports championship sure. although i'm a horrible athlete <laughs> and i remember it was either marcus or michael flowers mm-hmm. was on the opposing team and i picked him off in the end zone nice I, yeah he threw a horrible pass i picked him off and i'm gunning it down the line they're like wow i'm gonna be able to return this for a touchdown <laughs> and the guy this is like sprinting across one side of the field and be like wow you made it 20 yards yeah um but no i mean have you been you've been pretty lucky uh i'm i've been pretty lucky it never had a a major injury i don't know what i'm gonna tell for my scarred story at at, uh story slam i did dislocate my shoulder uh playing basketball you keep saying you're not an athlete no you keep telling these athletic stories probably because i don't bother to like stretch or do anything <laughs> else before yeah and then i'm a surprise but we uh we're playing about two in the morning outside of aug hall on the uw madison campus sure and, you know we had this one friend who is a truly he is an athlete yeah. i mean you just walk up to him and yeah you could just tell like oh he's the guy you want to pick first sure and i'm like i'm not gonna let him go through me you know i set up for the pick <laughs> he decides he's gonna go right through yeah. me yeah dislocate my shoulder Ugh. but in almost like the die hard way bruce willis way i'm no. like oh i bet i can try <sighs> to reset this yeah i woke up at like 5 a.m in a lot of pain yeah i would imagine yeah i i don't think i would ever try and reset anything uh ugh. no so that's some horrible scarred stories but uh, luckily we've got to share a few be- between that yeah. time yeah yeah um so you grew up in Wausau, right? Wausau, 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 Wisconsin, and you went to—is it Wausau High? 
Wasa East. East. We are large enough to have a few high schools in sure. the area. Um, met my wife in high school. Really? High school sweethearts? Or not until uh, later? Uh, yes. We dated in high school, took a little bit of time off, and then uh, realized we were happy with each other than without sure. each other. Uh, so I could say high school sweethearts. That's really awesome. Yeah. Met, it, met in band, as I said. So we were actually doing a marching band competition where she was uh, the theme was Danny Elfman. All right. So sort of this Halloween-esque feel. Yeah. And she played, uh, as she's a much more talented musician myself, but uh, almost uh, a fake drum major slash Beetlejuice character. Nice. So would dress up in face paint, and, and I met her in marching band. Wow. Um, is your wife's name Katie? A Kelly. Kelly. I was close. Yeah. I knew it was a K. Yeah, you're pretty And it was there. an E. I'm glad that the research... Uh, online, you can now find out my wife's name. Yeah, I, if you pay, I hear online if you pay another like twelve dollars, you can get my social security numbers. So, really? Yeah. That's what? Wh- what? You can find out anything on people online. That's true. I uh, I probably shouldn't share this, uh, but I'm uh, I'm a huge Ben Folds fan. I mm-hmm. was. I'm not so much anymore. Actually, I've kind of. I think he's I think he's still talented. Yeah. Uh, I found his home address and phone number. <laughs> Wow, you took this to a different level. So, oh, now I'm gonna have a story to also share on this too. But did you, you did you like call him up? No, I I never did because I'm not I'm not a psychopath. Okay, you know? that's good. I can, I recognize that that would be a, a wrong thing to mm-hmm. do. Um, and it's not like I went searching for it. I just happened to stumble upon it when I was reading about Ben Folds and searching different things on Google, and. It just it like popped up as a so I don't think it works anymore. Uh, but I searched I searched his ex wife's name mm-hmm. and it brought up their home address and phone number and telephone number. Well, and just as like a Google result, like a white page. You know, result. I, I, I hope there's no one in your past. I'm thinking, <laughs> you know. Uh, Billy Madison style yeah. <laughs> that is you know has crossed you in your past lives but um, no so I once with one of my friends decided to prank call Michael Jordan okay this is a story so this and it's not actually gonna be a pretty lame story but you know he went to high school with one of Michael Jordan's sons and okay. it's a private high school sure. so you know you're flipping through the you know the the family book yeah and sure enough, it had all the children no. of the school, and it had you know a number. It went ranked to a secretary. Oh. It, it was like, you know, it's Michael Jordan. It's like, oh, we, you know, who are you trying to reach? What is this in regard to? And yeah, you know, we we're sitting in the back of a you know an SUV. Or like, I don't even know what to say. Like, what happens if? I mean, think to yourself, what happens if you actually are talking to the greatest legendary basketball player of yeah. all time? Yeah. What do you say? Like. Did you gamble on this? Did you? You know, like, am I going to ask that? Yeah. Um, I probably would have. Oh, I totally would. Like, so why were you that bad at baseball? Yeah. Like, you know, did the White Sox... Do you think really- he has Do you think he is good, good-natured about that? Like, he could humorously talk about that? It... He, I don't think so. I mean, personally, I don't think I don't, so either. I, I don't think so at all, just reading other I, I just would imagine he's got quite the ego. Uh, you're the best basketball player in the world. Yeah. But I guess you deserve an ego. Yeah. Um, I don't know how the Charlotte is. He still involved with the Charlotte I Bobcats. I don't. I don't know. I don't know. Hey, Space Jam's still a great movie. Hey. And he has a lot to. You know, he he's someone who's accomplished something. Yes, just not a good baseball career. Mm-hmm. Did not accomplish that. No. Um, I remember when I was young. I uh, 
was at a hotel for Christmas in Illinois somewhere. And um, there was this older guy talking, probably, guy, I shouldn't say older, he was in his 50s, mm-hmm. older than me. And I was probably 12, 13 years old. Do you realize we're halfway there to that age? I know. Do you think about that? Every once in a while. And does it freak you out? Crazy. We'll, we'll get back to that in a second. Yes, so, but. This guy, I'm 12 or 13, he's in his 50s, and he's a large man with really unkempt hair and facial hair, and just looked like a skis bag just really did and he's talking to these two young 20 year old women in the in the hotel lobby slash bar and he's like oh yeah i've got the i've got the number for the president i can call the white house right now and they're like no you can't and he pulls out his cell phone and puts it on speakerphone and dials and they're super impressed and i remember as like a 12 13 year old i'm like anybody could dial the white house switchboard mm-hmm. anybody literally oh, yeah. could but i just remember thinking you dumb 20 year old women like just why do you have to be this stereotype of, I, of dumb airhead women i remember <laughs> i'm yeah, gonna get in trouble for that last day that, that one you're probably gonna get in trouble for so i'm just gonna move on yeah, from that yeah but you know it, it is it not, I will say at the very least, is it a pleasure not to have to have those kind of flirting conversations oh anymore? Oh my gosh. It's one of the best parts about being married. Do you find, is, I have found this anytime I've been in a relationship that, um, I, I don't mean to say that I don't have confidence or didn't have confidence, but when I'm in a relationship, I feel more confident. Oh yeah. And like, you'll be out and be like, oh, that girl's cute. I could totally ask that girl out if I wanted to. But... But I'm with, and it's not as we point to a ring. Yeah, yeah, it's. But it's not like I'm like. But now I can't. Darn it! It's just like I don't need to now. Mm-hmm. But but it's just so interesting to have the confidence. It's weird that being in a relationship and especially marriage gives you this burst of confidence mm-hmm. in all aspects. Like I know I can s- s- try and do anything, and my wife is going to support me, or at least not shove it in my face when it fails and that's one of the biggest differences of of running for this position right now i would not be able to do it if i didn't have someone that supported me literally in every single way yeah and there's parts of the campaign that you know people see and you know and i feel bad for you know the candidates who always lose where you'll get the monday morning quarterback telling them why they lost or you have a bad debate there's rough moments on any campaign trail yeah but the fact that i get to go home at night and sit down and watch something like orange is the new black you know we're catching up on on uh, brooklyn 99 right now yeah um that I have someone else to do that with, it makes it so much easier to run an, sure. an election like this. Yeah. Are, are there parts of um, the election process or the campaign process that you're... I'm sure there's a lot that you're not looking forward to, but is there an aspect of it that really jumps out and just is kind of like, I'm not looking forward to this? Oh, imagine if you had to call every single one of your friends and then their, and their friends and their friends and friends yeah. and say, hey, I need money. Oh, you, know, yeah. you know, you have to finance these elections, and that's the unfortunate part. Yeah. Uh, you, you know, and we're looking at ways to do things a lot differently in this in this race. But there's a lot of parts of the election. I mean, you're responding to rumors. Sure. Uh, you're taking on things. as like, how did, how did you possibly interpret my statement? Because the reality is, and the way we have these elections set up is, someone else wants this job just as badly as me. Sure. And in this case five other applicants and they can make things up about you they can say what they want and never get to know you i i don't understand how it is that somebody can do that i 
first of all, from the standpoint of I'm really honest, I'm not a liar, I, I don't enjoy it, mm-hmm. uh, would feel tremendously bad, bad to, to make something up about somebody. But then secondly, I don't understand how, how that's legal. <laughs> And, and you have people who try to bend the truth, yeah. and that becomes part of politics. Yeah. And that's the side of it that I just absolutely despise. Sure. Um, you know, I and I've run elections before. Mm-hmm. You know, and the one thing that I can still hold my head on is I don't know if Kyle's out there listening or, or any of his friends. The first person that that I ran against, I mean, afterwards, Kyle and I could always get together and. I'll sure. say he hated members of my campaign staff, but he and I could always get together and say, hey, let's talk, let's chat. Um, he's the kind of guy that I would just hang out with outside of sure. politics. And yeah. So let's clear up a few few yep. rumors here. Mm-hmm. You don't sacrifice coyotes in your backyard. Coyotes? Coyotes. No. 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 Okay. I do, maybe, that's, I, a little, I, I, that's a little open-ended. Yeah. Uh, but we have the clarifying question You are there. not a part of the baby Illuminati. No. No. Haven't been for some time. Recently, no. Okay, okay. And secondly, you're not Bucky Badger. Oh, now now that, even if I was, I wouldn't be allowed to admit that to you. Well, it's a rumor. It's out there. <laughs> if only because I just said it. Now, I, I, I cannot say where I was between, you know, 2005 and 2007. Yeah. Okay. So I'll let that one just. Let well, it sit. I'll let that. I'll let that sizzle with you for a while. Yeah. And then, and then, lastly, I've heard many rumors that you're a, a tunnel bob. Is it tunnel bob? Right. Yeah. You are tunnel bob. I just heard a yes. <laughs> I, you know what? I, I will say that if I was a personality on State Street, um, <laughs> I, I've cleaned up well. For I, if I, I do say so myself, I would say so as well. Um, yeah, but but. You know, really what it comes down to is, you know, the rumor is out there and the what's true is I just try to be, you know, myself. Yeah. I try to be authentic. Sure. And it's a different type of voice in politics. Hmm. And that's all, that's what I ran on and won the first time. And if I am elected, that's what you'll see in office at, in the Madison mayor's office. Cool. So I have two, one, two last things. Okay. One, I uh, want to talk a little bit about Paul Soglin mm-hmm. and just... How it's very interesting. The first time Paul Soglin was elected, he was 28. Everybody said he was too young, uh, and uh, just some of the 27. He was actually even yeah, young. Yeah, yeah. Now what people forget is he actually ran when he was 25 years old. Yeah, did not win. No. Um, it, it's. I know that I've actually read on a few other articles that there are uh, other similarities between the two of you. Uh, do you buy into that at all, or or is it just coincidence? So, I I say it's just coincidence. It's a it's an interesting coincidence. So some of the things I can say are coincidences, and we'll also cover some rumors in this coincidence as well. He does, or he did, serve as the eighth district alder. Sure. Um, in the nineteen seventy early nineteen seventies. Yeah. Also, there was a photo that was taken, I believe, in 1969, uh-huh. which he looked exactly <laughs> like I do today. Well, I, 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 even now I look at you guys, I'm like, I mean, if somebody said that this is his uncle, I, I'd buy it. Now, now I, I will dispel the rumor that there is no genetics between sure. Paul and I, other than we're both Jews, we're both males, and neither one of us are that tall. Um <laughs> 
Now, the other I'd thing love to is, see a, a bushy mustache on you. It will not happen. <laughs> okay. It will not happen. But if you f- go to my blog, mm-hmm. and there's an April Fool's joke from about three years ago. Sure. I grew a mustache, oh. and I did a black and white Instagram you yeah. know, filter to say, like, this is my... And I tried to look <laughs> as close as I could to Paul. That's too funny. And... Um, yeah, he did not find it funny at no? all. No? No, 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 no. So, uh, of course, all of his staff printed this out, oh. and, you know, it was floating around City Hall, and he just said, I'm not impressed. And then he did that, and then in another context, he said, um, when that picture was taken, I was just arrested a few minutes prior. And I'm like, <laughs> yeah, and then he followed up, I'm not impressed. And oh, then he, man. Yeah, but you know, no matter what, I do have a lot of respect for the mayor. Yeah, he's done a lot for the city, uh, you know, in, in his history. Yeah, uh, but I do look at his seventh term and I ask myself, does it justify his eighth? And it really wasn't the mayor that I voted for. Sure, um, I have to admit it. I voted for Paul, and it just wasn't the kind of person that I expected to yeah. be able to work together and really accomplish hmm. the big problems that are facing you know our city. Uh, it takes a different type of leadership style yeah. uh, that I just don't see coming out of the mayor's office. Sure. Um, well, good points there. And I think it's important that people understand there are similarities, but you're not Paul. It's, it's so easy for people to get caught up in that and just... Uh, you know, it sounds silly, but but it really does happen. People just think you're one and the same. Mm-hmm. And I think the 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 main thing there is, hey, Scott, you're not Paul, and and you have a different view and a different way of doing things. Yes, you might agree on some things, um, but you're different. And we're all going. I mean, this is still Madison politics. We're all going to agree on the really big picture ideas. Sure. It's how do we get there? Yeah. And that's. The, it's the bigger, sandwich, that, the in-between. That's the bigger piece there. So do we need to be as divisive? Can sure. we talk about the optimism? Can we be more positive when we're reflecting upon the city? Yeah. And can we think bolder? I think we can. Yeah. All right. Uh, the last thing I ask every guest, uh, I don't know if... Have you ever listened to any episode? Oh, man. But now... You're killing me. But now... Now that I know of this, I, I'm really excited for this hundred state event. Yeah, absolutely. I, I am. I am not a part of a hundred state. I'm actually not a member there. Yeah. But we're going to now make it happen, even if we have to. Yeah. Climb on in, but th- this will be a lot of fun. Good. Um. So the last question I ask every guest. Oh, first, you know what? I wanted to touch on about being close to 50. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> We've come back after I interrupted you. I we're, we're now talking about 50. Yeah. Uh, I, I, when I was a teenager, always said I wanted to be married at 18. Mm-hmm. Uh, no, I wanted married to be... at 18. I wanted to be married with one kid and a kid on the way at 20. Okay. I wanted... I just... I wanted to start a family. Mm-hmm. And, then, and then I turned 18 and I went... No. <laughs> I was like, that's two years away. Mm-hmm. I'm still a child. Um, but when I turned 25, um, I had a little bit of a panic. Um, I always tell people I kind of had a quarter-life crisis where I was like, what am I doing with my life? 
I'm 25, which means I'm almost 30, which means I'm almost 40, which means, holy shit, I'm almost 50 years old. You're practically in the grave right now. <laughs> do you ever find yourself going through that in your head? I think we all do. Man, it's it's frightening sometimes. But but I'll say, and I know I, I have accomplished a few things on on council. I know yeah. I've been able to accomplish things in the business world. I know I'm happily married. I question that about myself all the time. <laughs> I mean, I ask myself, oh, wow, you know, why doesn't, why isn't the entire city already with Wi-Fi sure. today? Yeah. I've been on council for four years. I should have held myself more accountable. Hmm. I'm trying to do a, you know, body cameras on police officers. Yeah. And I'm talking about that and the issue of, well, why didn't I push for all officers? Why didn't I, you know, why didn't I, why did I set my goals and peel certain things back? Yeah. But I think we all come to the conclusion that this is life, and we can either you know sure. let that dwell on us, <laughs> or we can just push it forward and say, just "What the going. hell? We li- you know we only live once." Yeah, that's a good answer. Okay, last question mm-hmm. we always do. Um, started with Tom Farley, and the whole reason I even asked it is because of his connection with his brother Chris, and the book he wrote, and the the kind of people he had to talk to. Uh, I asked him. Um, what uh if i were to find your phone mm-hmm. on the sidewalk who is the most interesting person that i could call and talk to oh and i kind oh. of i kind of amend it for people mm-hmm. uh, lately for you mm-hmm. it, it doesn't have to be me finding your phone and who would i find interesting mm-hmm. for you who are you going to call that's in your phone that you, and you know hey this is going to be a good interesting conversation it, it's going to be fun blah 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 all right so i will go back to the most fun person that i just spoke to recently sure um it, the guy is a vice president over at pro mega mm-hmm. we had never interacted we may have interacted once or twice but he he's sitting down and we're sitting and talking to him and i have his phone number in my phone we discovered that we were next door neighbors in wausau really not like, oh, you're from the same neighborhood? Yeah. His mother was my surrogate grandmother in elementary school. Wow. Um, I don't know if he listens to the podcast, but I'm pretty sure it was either him or one of his family members who offered me my first beer. Very cool. <laughs> and we just magically discovered that he happens to also be in Madison and yeah. and, and, and everything else. So that's probably be the most interesting person Um in there, and then all of a sudden, I'll get a few other people say like, "Well, why didn't? Well, why didn't yeah. you bring me, my name up? I oh, think yeah. I'm interesting." Yeah, we, I, yeah. I, I, there's there's some fun phone numbers if someone just gets a hold of my sure. phone um, that they would find. Uh, for for example, Tom's answers were uh, um, Quincy Jones, okay, uh, the music producer, mm-hmm. and then he he was like, "Well, obviously David Spade and Adam Sandler," and I was like, "Yeah, okay, yeah, you, of course. you win." <laughs> yeah, no, my brother would be really good to talk to. Um, not just Tom's brother, obviously, sure. but uh, my brother studies the art of lying. Really, over at the University of Chicago as a research assistant. Interesting. Great I, to take him out to a bar because he can usually tell. Like, is that person lying? My I, brother I studies the art of lying just in life. Yeah. <laughs> It's a great way to do that. As we tie in oranges and new black, and so many other ways. Yeah. No, my bro. You know, he's uh, he's a research assistant, and that's what he looks for. Yeah. So when you actually talk to him, he has the personality called Mark the Shark. Okay. Uh, <laughs> he he's a character. My, my brother plays a game called the game. He calls it the game. Mm-hmm. And he will go out to a bar, and the game is to try and convince people that he's a celebrity, uh, that they should know. 
uh, more often than not, he he lo- he usually has long hair, and he looks like he would be in a band. Mm-hmm. And he can generally get people to believe that he's a the guitarist or whatever in such and such band, and get free drinks all night. Wow, that's actually a a great game. Um, I don't know if anybody would ever factor me as a celebrity. Well, definitely I, not. You know, this everybody thinks you're the football star. Exactly. Yeah. So the defensive end. Yeah. The JJ Watt of the Jewish Coalition of Football Players. Um, we already have Ryan Braun. We clearly juice up every chance we get. It's part of our uh team motto oh man that's too funny uh well i think we'll wrap up um thanks so much for being here scott and being on the podcast we really appreciate it thank uh, you for having me yeah any uh any other t- i my wife always makes fun of me because one time i was wrapping up a, <laughs> i was wrapping up a podcast and i said in like three in like 1.5 seconds it was like we'd love to ba- have you back anytime that you have any time so come back anytime <laughs> Well, how about we circle back, uh, you know, right after the April election, and hopefully yeah. you're, you have the mayor on, yeah. on the podcast. That would be awesome. Uh, I'm just gonna do. You, do you need to plug anything coming up or anything? Any events? Uh, no, not really. I mean, I, what I would do is I would encourage people just to find out about me. Yes. Uh, ResnickforMayor.com. Mm-hmm. R-E-S-I, dot com. Yeah, formayor.com. We have our Facebook page. Um, Resnick for mayor. Okay. Uh, you can find me on Reddit at SJ Resnick. Also Twitter, SJ Resnick. Also, yeah. I, by the way, here's a good story. Sure. I know the other Scott Resnick. So my Gmail account is also Scott J. Resnick. I met Scott Resnick. We have the same birthday. Wait, what other Scott Resnick? If you just, just... If you messed up and you sure. sent something to my Gmail account, it's just to Scott Resnick. Yeah. It's a guy who lives out in Cal- or, uh, Colorado. Why have you met him? Because we found out we had the same birthday. Okay. And, you know, you always wonder, like, sure. what if someone has the name Adam yeah. at, G- you know, at yeah. gmail.com? Yeah. He started getting my mail. Interesting. So I still have to get him a yard sign at some point. So uh, have you met him? He's been to Madison. Okay. We've now only met virtually. We talk about sure. Scott Walker quite a bit. He's, sure. a, de- he's a Democrat, as a fellow Democrat. Sure. He, good guy. Yeah. Well, it must run in the in the Resnick Scott Resnick uh, blood. Yeah, I would say blood, but that really again. <laughs> I don't know. I don't, what would you call it? The Scott Resnick aura. <laughs> that I think that goes. There you yeah, go. No. All right. Uh, again, thanks for being here. Uh, for listeners, uh, again, I'll just mention that our next story slam is at Johnson Public House on January second. Um, our theme again is scars. You can uh, go on Facebook at uh, just type in JPH Story Slam for more information uh, and to sign up early. Uh, that night, it's a Friday, January 2nd, like I said. Um, get there at 6. That's when sign up starts and stories start at 7. As always, uh, food and beer specials will be there. And you can find the Madison Story Slam podcast on Instagram at Twitter and Twitter at um, Story Slam Madison. And it's S-T-O-R-Y-S-T-O-R-Y-S-L-A-M-A-D-I-S-O-N. So there's we took out an M between the slam and Madison because we're nifty like that. Uh, again, I'll say it one more time. Thanks for being here, Scott. Thank you for having me. Cool.